0: Well, what's good everyone? It's the Porterick Empire House, the Mike hire the podcast mercury Christian Joel Ramos back at it again with a brand new review, and today we're reviewing the Disney Plus exclusive Marvel series Loki and we're on episode three titled Lamentist. So let's get started, shall we? Uh, the origin of the film female Loki, Sylvie. Um, apparently she has been manipulating C20's memories, uh, uh, quote unquote, manipulating, but really just showing her true memories. She's looking for the timekeepers. Uh, Loki is at the base of the TVA is after the, is after quote unquote Sylvie. I mean, she went from Brandy to Sylvie. She kind of changes her names as she goes, right? Because first she's like, just call me Brandy. Now she's like, no, my name's Sylvie. But just like a Loki, it's safe to say you can't trust her. <laughs> so she is essentially a little girl variant in her world who was taken and was actually able to take down the TVA as a child as a small child she was able to pretty much take down the TVA from the inside and escape and this is what made a TVA so scared of Loki altogether because they're like if this small child can do so much I can imagine what an adult form of this monster is able to comprehend so we've got a situation here where the, we see the origin of Loki Sylvie and she is pretty much a small kid who just didn't belong in this world. She was a variant that took her in and then she fought back. So she's looking for the Timekeepers out of revenge. Uh, our Loki is at the base of the TVA. And he is there after Sylvie and trying to locate her because she went missing. Both of them pop up in front of the Timekeeper's golden door. That's where their actual Timekeepers, uh, uh, the big hedonchos, I guess you can say, are there. And they're like lizard people, just like <laughs> I thought they would be. Because in the comic books, there are lizard people. So Loki teleports them both out of a dead end with the help of Reventus, the judge. So it's 2077, an apocalypse on a moon that's about to crash, right? They're going to crash on this moon. And they're in the middle of it. So they don't, they can they escaped here, and they're escaping TBA. Things are going awry. They outrun a meteor shower into a bunker and now have to reach a moon base to get there in time to be teleported out of the apocalypse. So they went into an apocalypse to then come back out of it. It's crazy. I don't know what's going on here. They're just jumping around through time and space like Rick and Morty. And it's just like, this is some shenanigans. It's a lot of a chase what's going on here. Sylvie and Loki trying to escape the TVA, try to find an exit plan. Because no matter where they go, they're going to get found. But they outrun this meteor shower in a bunker and reach the moon base. And they're kind of stranded there for the time being. So they find a woman in a hut because we think they're stuck here and it's an apocalypse. you got to find the pieces to this teleporting thing because they, I think Sylvie took the teleporting gun from, she snatched it from one of the guards, one the TVA agents. And I think Loki accidentally smashed it. So she needs to like power it up because it's out of battery. And they're just running anxiously trying to find some sort of power source. And this moon has a lot of the energy crystals they need to power it up. But at the time that has a lot of these crystals is also a time where it's going to blow up because of it's an Armageddon we didn't have it. So they end up trekking through, seeking any form of civilization, and they find a woman in a hut, and she just opens fires on this brazen. <laughs> and she is packing heat. I'm talking mean heat. Like she's packing heavy-duty artillery. She sends them both after. Pretty much both of them trying to manipulate her. They gave her an honest answer what they want from her, and they want a direction to where to get this energy crystal from. So after they both try to be cool and trying to manipulate her that she can see right through them, they were being honest. Like, hey, we just want to get out of here, and we'll be out of your hair. That's all we're looking for. We want to be out of your way, out of your hair. And she sends them to a different direction, into a train. And the line is the, one of those exclusive trains where if you don't have the elitism, money, whatever, you're not a pass you're not getting in but of course they're both Lokis they're both manipulative tricksters they can sneak their way into the train and they get in like Jedi manipulation the guards let them in and yeah there you go so they're trying to hijack this power source on the train to the civilization so they're talking shop about each other's upbringing in the meantime Uh, this is what part we reveal that Lokis both of them are bisexual openly bisexual And this is mythologically correct. It's in the actual mythology of Loki where he is bicurious. So, and there's actual bisexual lighting, by the way. I don't know if you guys aren't aware of it. Whenever you put, I think, blue and purple lighting in a setting, you're setting bisexual lighting. That's what what it's called. And I believe it's because of the color of the bisexual flag. So, Loki's sexuality is nonchalantly spoken in conversation with each other. And that's cool because it's 2021. Why make a big stink out of it? It's just common talk. You just they're just getting to know each other and ask each other questions, and this is one way of doing it where it's not like almost like, hey, by the way, did you know I'm gay? Like, no, it's gonna <laughs> it's two adults talking about interests and almost like flirting with each other. So it's like Loki is flirting with himself. You think about it, yeah, <laughs> Loki, what a narcissist. So, they're on this train, they're drinking, it's, it sounds like an Irish pub. I'm like, okay, so in this moon, Irish people exist. Cool. So, they're, they're, they're singing merrily and whatever, and they, they snuck in, obviously, that's what I'm trying to get at. They're trying to hijack the power source, and there's a lot of guards on this train, because it's obviously, again, people of money and influence. Sylvie wakes up after taking a nap, I guess she drank too much, and sees Loki singing Irish pub music with the patrons, and almost like standing out. He's like, hey, it's okay. I, we're not going to stand out and get the TV's attention because we're not in a variant situation. It's an apocalypse. The variants don't count within an apocalypse because things are going to go awry either way. This is not supposed to go anywhere. It's the end of the road. But the guard sees Loki acting out, and he's dressed very oddly. He's dressed like a commoner with like a tie and you know dress pants and jacket, and, and everyone else is dressing in space clothes. So they ask him for a ticket, and this is when a brawl commences, so both Sylvie and Loki get on the floor and start fighting off all the guards and take them all down. They break a window and get off the train anyways. Loki asks Sylvie how she enchants people, and and she tells him how she learned how to do that, because he doesn't know how to do that. He doesn't know how to do the whole Jedi mind trick thing. That's her sense of uh, enchantment magic. And this is where they drop the hint that she's actually the enchantress in this world and now we have the Enchantress within the MCU. So I'm like, okay, it was about time. Like, I've heard of the Enchantress in comic books. I've seen her in the video games It's great and cartoons. It's great to see her actually team up with Loki in, this, in the world of the MCU. And this is a way of nodding to her without just calling her the Enchantress. He gave her an actual name, which the Enchantress' name in the comic books was Sylvie, so it all makes sense here. And she looks exactly like the character from the comic book, like the same color scheme and everything. So the Enchantress tells Loki that C20 used to be a normal person on Earth, and he, she wasn't manipulating her memories. She wasn't putting false memories like a Genjutsu and freaking Naruto. She was literally showing her life pre-TBA. The agents are made to become timekeepers. They're all variants. So now if you had any theories about this, here's a confirmation. They're all variants. Plot twist. <laughs> so this is some major news drop. And I'm just like, whoa, okay, so now this show is getting interesting because we're going to see where it goes from here where the timekeepers are going to know they all have actual lives and they're being held slave labor to be for, for the time wizards or time lords, whatever the hell they're called, the uh, timekeepers. Ravona knows this because she's been acting shady the whole time, so she's in it. She knows what's going on and she's trying to keep things hush hush and Loki is there pretty much blowing up her spot and this is what's happening and that's why they want to take Sylvia out because she knows too much and this is where the theories of is the TBA inside the quantum realm is it someone like Kang the Conqueror like there's so many theories out there and I'm not here to talk theories I'm just here to review the episode and this episode so far for three has been amazing so good and I can't wait to see how episode four goes so stay tuned We're gonna take a small commercial break, and I'll, actually, I should have rated this. This is definitely a three and a half. Three and a half, it's an okay episode. It's pretty much kind of fillerish with like information, but it's not filler in a bad way. It's like you get to see the characters be themselves, be human, you get to see the humanized versions of these characters, not just the science fiction action stars, but as just people. So it wasn't a bad episode. It was just a very casually okay episode, but this nice little plot twist in the end was like, whoa. Things are really going to heat up now, so we're going to take a small commercial break and be right back. Stay tuned. And welcome back from the small commercial break. We're here to continue reviewing the Disney Plus Marvel series, Loki, and we're now in episode four called The Nexus Event. So here's the skinny. Uh, they were stuck on the planet. I don't know how I left this information out. Uh, they were trying to escape on the spaceship, and the spaceship blew up in front of them as they are trying to escape, and I left that whole part out. And this is where it's like, great, we're stuck in an apocalypse. What do we do? So we start off here, not even at that point. It just starts in Asgard, where a small girl was a variant. You see this play out. She outsmarted the judge back when she was a soldier, so, Ravonna was a soldier at TVA, and, es- and this is what happened. Sylvie escaped her grasp, and that's why she's holding this grudge against Sylvie. So, we have more thorough information on what's going on. And she's having a chat with the timekeepers because she's the one who, at the time, was there. And Mobius asked the judge how bad is meaning how bad is this variant. And the variant is in danger the livelihoods of all the TVA agents. So, Ravona took her to see the timekeepers, right? she escaped in front of them how embarrassing and somehow she ended up being judged down the road and then Mobius really wants to hammer in like hey I can take care of this case and she refuses to let her because she was manipulated so she knows anybody's capable of being manipulated so Mobius asks a judge for help the variant is in danger to all the agents back in the moon base though you have Sylvie and Loki are at wit's end like they're just giving up Sylvie is saying her final words since she believes she's stuck on this Armageddon and then she believes she's destined to lose because, just like they told Loki before, you're destined to make other people's winners. You're just here as pretty much their uh, protagonist to their lives and you make everyone better and become better because that's your destiny. So, the TVA is a huge branch coming off of this cataclysmic event because, again, Sylvie. And Loki do not belong in this world, and if they're acting up and being very emotional, it stands out because they're not blending in. So also it helped them survive this Armageddon because they weren't going to get killed and annihilated by meteor crashings. So the judges finding them is great because they can take them, but, but now they're again back in TVA custody. So there you go. And so the Lokis are taken, and Loki's sent to Lady Sif. She's he's actually sent to a memory cell. An interrogation room where he has to relive the same memory in a loop and in this loop it's when Sif got her hair cut by Loki jokingly and she she kicks him in the balls and <laughs> it's literally a continuous emotion of events it's the exact same event he's reliving it it's almost like limbo and Mobius wants to know about the other variant through Verona. she's still not budging the judge doesn't want him talking to brandy because she outsmarted her so it's a whole thing about that he's really she's really holding this against mobius who is a very good agent and he wants to go out there and solve it bits that's not the reason why it's because mobius is such a good agent he's going to figure out everything and that's what she doesn't want him to do that's why she kept him so close to him and made him like it was her bestie so he's looking for loki there question him on um, TVA's lying to because he said as Loki was arrested the TVA is lying to you your life is a lie he so he takes him out of the interrogation room and um, personally interrogates him talks to talk. a him about the variants and all that stuff and all the kidnap from their act, people from their actual lives and explaining how this all works and then we got b-15 goes one of the guards goes in a Sylvie cell and takes her to a private Place location to talk, so they're not interrogating Sylvie in a ca- in a, in a room or in some sort of weird uh, cage. They t- take her to some sort of a place so they can talk in private because she believes Sylvie's story. So Ravona's is trying to protect Mobius, especially after she 20s mind wiped from Sylvie. But B fifteen really doesn't trust Ravona. She's like, there's some shit not making sense here. She seems insincere, though. She's like hiding some the real her. And that's why she won't let her interrogate her. Sylvie tells B-15 that the timekeepers took their lives from all of them away. And they're all variants. So C-20 reveals she was a variant in an interrogation. And Ravonna was there. And Mobius saw this on her phone. Because when he went to her quarters to have their evening cocktails. He only had one this time. He switched her phones with his phone and saw it all there. So the, the evidence isn't in, in, in the pudding, as they say. And now Mobius knows the whole damn truth. Ravona is keeping everyone as she's Maybe Zorbona's life is in danger if she doesn't let, the, if she tells everybody what's going on or who her boss is, we don't know yet. And this is where Mobius was executed in front of Loki and he's like, no! And he started a friendship essentially at this point with, with Mobius and he wanted to help him. And that's the thing that's like, this guy sacrificed his life to help Loki in a way. But it also help everyone in this whole world because they're all captured and living these false lives. They're told that that's how they existed. That the Time Lords created them. When in reality, they've lived in their own worlds the whole time. And then we get Sylvie and Loki finally meet the Timekeepers, these giant over the size, sized machines. We find out they're actually robots. They're puppets. The real Time Keepers probably somewhere behind the curtain, like Oz. So as Loki is about to confess his feelings for Sylvie. Ravona, who was fighting Sylvie, who was taken down but not killed, takes him out. And he disintegrates with that wand. But this is a fun twist. Yes, Loki died again. It is what it is, but he comes back to life because in the end credit, we see that Loki isn't dead, but he actually wakes up in some other world where and there's a bunch of Lokis there. So I don't think the variants are actually killed when they're zapped with the wands, the batons, whatever you want to call them. They're just probably sent to some sort of like planet that houses them like a prison it's not so much a death but it's this is my theory because the next episode's coming out very soon and i want to see where this show's going to go from here so we see a bunch of different loki's we see an alligator loki that's probably from spider ham's world we see the old school classic loki that looks pretty corny because he's wearing the yellow and green getup. We see a kid loki see up a, a black loki like there's so many different loki's here and I'm like, okay, so what is going on in this show? It's like so many things that does not make sense. And I'm like, the more deeper you get into it, the more interesting it's getting. And I had to give this episode a five-star review because the big plot twist was the timekeepers are just puppets. They're not the real timekeepers. And now there's theories that, again, Kang the Conqueror is behind this. There's another theory that another Loki's behind the whole thing and he's housing all the Lokis on this planet because he wants to be the only Loki of Sparta, one. You can. Put all theories out there. I have none of my own. I'm just watching the show because Marvel has a great sense of giving you this, like, red herring. Like, you think you know where the story's going, but you don't really know where it's going, so it's great to see that they always keep you on your toes and speculating because it keeps the show intrigued. And the fact that the episodes drop weekly instead of all in one binge, it gives it a lot more time to breathe and people to just really come up with theories, because if you were to binge this all at once, you would just follow the story lazily and not be creative to think of your own things, so it's nice to think of theories, but don't think your theories are going to happen, it's just one of those things as a fan, you're just like, okay, I think this happened, because this happened in comic books, no, you don't know what's going on, all you know is what they're going to show you, and you're going to enjoy it, now, the fun to me is trying to see if you're right, or even if you came close to anything that's actually going to happen the following week. So. That's always a fun part of me, the show. I never take things too seriously. I'm just here to review episodes. Again, this was a five-star episode. I love the setup and where it's heading, and I can't wait for the next one. So enough of me ranting. This has been CJR Media Reviews reviewing Disney Plus and Marvel's Loki episodes three and four. I am the Puerto Rican Kaiju, the Mike for Hire, the podcast person. every the Puerto Rican powerhouse himself, Grisando Ramos, signing off until next time. Thank y'all for tuning in. I appreciate your help, your patronage, whatever you want to call it. You guys have been great, and I'm going to consistently try to drop videos. It's been a hard time in my family because we're going through a health issue with a relative, so bear with me. I took a small hiatus, didn't make a big stink about it, but I'm back, and I'm trying to be back in full effect. And I'll be continuing these consistently as much as I can. And as much as these shows drop. Because let's be honest, there's too many streaming apps and too many damn shows. So I'm going to do my best to pick the best of the best. Thank you all for tuning in. Until next time, take care. Signing off. Stay safe. And as always, see you next time.